Welcome to the Short-Term Rentals Podcast. Here we share all of the latest news, opinion and intelligence from across the burgeoning short-term vacation rental space, along with thought-provoking interviews with industry leaders. My name is Paul Stevens, editor of Short-Term Rentals and host of this week's episode. For episode 35 of the Short-Term Rentals Podcast, I'll be speaking to Steve Milo, founder and CEO of Florida-based vacation rental management company VTrips, about the company's tech offering and M&A strategy, the major opportunities available to rental operators in 2022, and the prospect of VTrips going public in the future. This episode is kindly sponsored by Flywire and Noiseware. So welcome to the Short Term Rentals podcast, Steve. Uh, it's certainly been uh, a while since we uh, first met at Kigo World a few years ago. Uh, how has the start to the, the new year been for you so far? Thank you, Paul. Good to talk to you again. Uh, it's been good. I mean, you know, obviously we're still dealing with the effects of a post-COVID uh, world, but uh, at least in terms of the U.S., um, you know, we're finding travelers are kind of adopting to a COVID world and, and our bookings are up over 2021 advanced bookings and, and things are looking good. Thank you. And likewise, fantastic to be, to be talking to you today. So uh, I guess we should start. Please uh, introduce yourself, VTrips and services you provide in the short term rental industry. Yeah, so VTrips is a uh, full service property management company. We manage 4,000 properties that are exclusive. So that's a little bit different than uh, many of the European countries where their non-exclusive contracts are. Contracts are exclusive, and that means we offer full service property management, cleaning, maintenance, uh, guest check-in, um, obviously all the marketing, reservation, and the owner distribution of taxes, et cetera. Um, I've got 700 employees. Um, 24 offices. We're located in seven states in the United States, mostly in the southeastern area of the country. Uh, so Florida, Texas, Tennessee, South Carolina. Um, and then uh, we've got a, we just bought a company up in Deep Creek, Maryland. Uh, we've got New Mexico. Uh, and then we have a, a book of business in Maui and Hawaii. And uh, we have been growing uh, primarily through merger and acquisition. Excellent. And some of those things that you mentioned already, we're going to be touching on in, in some future questions. So uh, we'll, we'll be coming back to that very shortly. Something that we did actually cover on short-term rentals very recently was uh, the recent appointments of Paul Smith Marquez as your chief financial officer and Sandra Brown as your chief growth officer. So could you tell us a little bit about what you think they're going to bring to the company and also how they're going to be contributing to your growth strategy moving forward? Well, we're very lucky to have both. So Paul Smith Marquez is, um, we, we recruited him uh, out of Mexico City where he was running Holiday S Express. Um, and uh, it was a uh, hotel chain of 167 hotels throughout uh, Central and um, South America, as well as Mexico. And uh, he was uh, instrumental in, in helping them uh, amass a $350 million credit line. 
um, and to really grow uh, Holiday as City Express into really a, a global brand. Um, so we're very, very lucky to have him um, relocate to our headquarters in Ponte Vedra with his family. And uh, he served 15 years uh, with both public companies. He's also on a number of board of directors. Um, and he just has a, a wealth of contacts and experience. Um, very, very smart, um, Harvard educated, uh, worked uh, as an accountant and then worked for McKinsey. Uh, just, just a super smart guy. Um, and so, you know, we're just incredibly lucky uh, that he was willing to come over to V-Trips and, and help us grow the company to the next level. And then Sandra Braun, uh, some people may know her because she worked for a little over six years over at Picasa uh, in their development uh, area, both uh, on organic growth and M&A. And she was involved in 150 transactions as that company really grew. Uh, Sandra also is incredibly um, talented. Um, after she left Focasa, she uh, was VP of um, over at uh, Credit Corp. Uh, I'm sorry, Paycor. And then she um, uh, previously had other jobs um, in where she was doing uh, both consumer and business models uh, at a number of companies uh, throughout the globe. And uh, She's also very, very smart, um, University of Virginia undergraduate, uh, Stanford engineer. So we're lucky to have both of them. They both bring different skills. Uh, Sandra is chief growth officer, um, and she's going to be growing the company, both our kind of organic and our M&A strategy. And then Paul's really kind of in the trenches as CFO, um, preparing the company to potentially go public. Excellent. Um, and... Back in August, um, you announced a significant minority in equity investment from private investment firm Hudson Hill Capital, um, saying that this would be used partly to strengthen your technology offering. So for a business that is primarily scaled without venture funding like yours, what will this uh, investment entail and enable you to do? Because that is something that is slightly unique in this day and age. Yeah, well... You know, VTrips has been very diligent where we use debt uh, and we did not use equity to grow the company. And uh, around the end of 2020, I started to explore bringing in equity um, because we needed to be able to kind of catapult ourselves into another level, both with getting uh, access to a larger level of debt and uh, to get C-level talent. Um, so Hudson Hill, um, you know, was willing to put in a minority investment, uh, a very large commitment of capital, um, and that has enabled us to really accelerate our M&A uh, and to uh, accelerate uh, building our um, executive team. Mm -hmm. And I mean, tying in, tying in with said that you expect um, back in, in the story in August, you said that you expected to deploy over $250 million in the near term for your M&A strategy. You've already sort of cited some of those companies that you've um, been acquiring. What do you think exactly is it that represents attractive management companies for you that you're, um, that you're targeting? Are these predominantly in destinations like the rest of your portfolio? 
We're looking at companies that are profitable. So we're very different than Vacasa. Vacasa really has set up their model to drive revenue. Even if you look at their S4, you know, all of their major metrics are about driving revenue growth. Btrips is really based on driving EBITDA. And so we're looking for companies with um, strong EBITDA performance. We're buying companies on a multiple of EBITDA. Uh, we like companies in um, areas where there's multiple seasons. Um, so the two companies we just bought uh, back in the fourth quarter, uh, Ryson, which was in Galveston, Texas, which is right outside of Houston, and uh, TaylorMade, which was in Deep Creek, uh, Maryland, uh, where they're surrounded by um, within a three hour drive of 26 million uh, people. You know, those are two outstanding opportunities uh, for V-Trips. And I remember, um, I haven't been to um, a VRMA event in, I hear a lot of things and particularly there was a huge buzz on social media about, particularly when it came to your sessions, I should know. So I'm interested to get your thoughts for this next question. And it's what do you think will be the biggest opportunities available to rental operators in, in 2022? Are you sort of thinking of the professional operators? Because what do you what do you think a professional operator even looks like nowadays? How would you define that? Well, I guess the line is blurring between a super host and a property manager, and I guess we can kind of debate what the difference is. Um, I believe a professional manager is typically on more than one platform. Um, so, you know, if you're only on Airbnb, uh, I guess you can say you're a property manager, but you're really doing yourself a disservice if that's the only channel you're on. You know, professional property managers not only are on multiple chan channels, but they also have their own website uh, and they have really a diverse marketing, uh, again, not dependent on one channel. So your listeners who are dependent on Airbnb, I'm sorry, I don't consider your, you to be a professional property manager. If you want to be a professional property manager, build a website and get on multiple channels and start to do uh, testing on PPC spend with uh, Google. The other aspect is really uh, leveraging enterprise software. Um, you know, again, a lot of these super hosts are on kind of reservation marketing uh, type software, but um, you know, true property managers are on enterprise software, which allows you to manage housekeeping, maintenance, owner statements, um, obviously the reservation, dynamic rates, uh, booking rules, et cetera. And those are the things you need to do to be able to really run an enterprise level company where you're dealing with service billing, accounting, um, and, you know, multiple vendors, multiple housekeepers, um, so I, I would say those are really the two big aspects. Mm. And we've already touched on this as well before, but um, I'm thinking not just on a, from a V-trip standpoint, but the industry in general. Do you envisage more consolidation through M&A this year in what is becoming an increasingly fragmented marketplace? We, we hear that there's a lot of M&A activity um, plans and, and going ahead. What, what do you say? Well, there's a lot of capital coming into the market, so I would, can, I would certainly suggest that there is going to be more M&A uh, in uh, 2022 than in 2021. 
And uh, I think it's just because there's a lot of outside capital. Um, you know, Vacasa is going to still continue to raise uh, and do acquisitions. Um, you have Village Holdings, uh, which is owned by Light Bay Capital that has done, you know, quite a bit of M&A. Uh, and then there'll probably be new players. Uh, you know, it's always, uh, you know, a bit of a guessing game what OIA will do as well. So, you know, we expect there to be more competition coming into the U.S. market and even globally for uh, merger and acquisition and consolidation of the larger players, at least. And do you see that being, just uh, just following off that, but do you see that coming about as a result of the, the surging popularity of this vacation rental segment and the huge pent-up demand we're seeing? Well, I think, I think what you're asking about is really directional. Um, you know, the alternative accommodations was already outbooking hotel rooms in 2019 and was considered to be the future of hospitality. Um, COVID just accelerated it. I'm starting to talk to people who are more interested in what happens in a post-COVID world, how behavior changes and what industries are impacted by that behavior change. And I think it's really more nuanced. Um, and, you know, certainly, you know, I strongly believe vacation rentals, whole home inventory benefits in a post-COVID world where, you know, COVID is a mutating disease. Um, people uh, are going to change their behavior, probably uh, wanting to stay in um, private accommodations. Um, I'm not, I don't believe shared accommodations or shared housing is going to recover uh, to any form of what it was uh, pre-COVID. Also things like air travel, international travel are heavily in, impacted. So, you know, I think it's a question of those markets where domestic uh, GDP is really strong, uh, where domestic travel impacts vacation rentals um, and, uh, you know, population in drive-through markets are going to uh, out, um, they're going to outperform those that are requiring air travel, for example. On, on that basis as well, with all these different factors as well, how um, difficult is it to plan forward and predict what is going to happen within the industry? In, whether it's in the next 12 months, 24, so on? Well, I mean, it, we, um, we have all the opportunity we want in our backyard. So, you know, we have a CASA that's based in Portland, and they're not really near a lot of population centers. We're out of Jacksonville, Florida, and we're, you know, the southeast um, area of the U.S. is the most densely populated areas for vacation rentals in the country. In fact, Florida is the number one state for vacation rentals. 22% of all the uh, vacation rental inventories in the state of Florida. So, you know, from our standpoint, um, you know, we've benefited greatly from COVID um, and we're focused in on markets that are right within our, uh, our geographic footprint. We are not looking to go global. We're not looking to go uh, hop around all over the globe. We're looking to just stay within our geographic footprint and just be very, very strategic about the opportunities that are in our backyard. And it's, it's good to hear that you've got this def definitive model in place. And I note this for, for my next question as well. Um, 
I know, I know you previously um, mentioned in a Skift interview that you anticipate taking V-Trips public at some point in the future. Um, you may be able to give a, a bit more clarity on that. And we, we were talking a little bit um, before we came on for this podcast, but do you have a potential, um, do you have a potential time frame for this, for going public? And maybe how would you also decide whether you go for a traditional IPO or even a SPAC merger? Well, that's certainly something we talk about at the board of directors level. Um, it's certainly something that we're looking to do what's in the best interest of the shareholders um, and what will create the most value for the shareholders. Uh, a public company, um, if formed in the right way, uh, could be the best outcome for our shareholders. Um, and really now the question is, do you go for a SPAC or do you go for a traditional IPO? Um, the SPAC market, as we speak, at the end of January 2022 is in bad shape. Uh, Vacasa is down about half of where they were from their initial public offering. Saunders in worse shape. Um, and uh, there's a lot of um, issues about SPACs and what's called unrestricted um, shareholders who are dumping uh, shares of SPAC stock. The IPO market is uh, takes more time, it's harder, there's more barriers, but it seems to be, based on the data we've seen, uh, a much better outcome for a sustainable stock and a sustainable company. And so, you know, because we're profitable, we don't have to do either. Um, you know, we can stay profitable, just use debt and continue to grow. Or if the public markets make sense, uh, we could eventually do an IPO. Well, we'll be taking a keen eye over that um, over the coming uh, in, in the future and seeing how that develops. So uh, thank you very much, Steve, uh, for joining me on today's Short Term Rentals podcast. I hope you've enjoyed our conversation today. I have, Paul. It's been a pleasure to talk to you and look forward to talking to you again. Uh, I certainly hope that uh, we'll be able to meet in person again at an industry event this year. Hopefully this year is the year. Thank you again, Steve. Okay, hopefully it'll be Las Vegas because that's where VRMA International will be at the end of October. I certainly hope so. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for listening to this week's Short Term Rentals podcast. And a big thank you again to Flywire and Noiseware for sponsoring this episode. If you'd like to keep up to date with industry news, head on over to shorttermrentals.com and sign up to our weekly e-newsletters.